There we go. Well, if you're watching online or trying to watch online, I apologize that our video is acting up. I hope you can still hear us fine. Uh, you could also go to WKKS Radio and watch or listen, I guess, on there. We're having issues with the computer system. I'm not really sure what's happening back there, but um, if anybody wants to go back and watch or if anybody asks about how to watch, we're going to try to upload a better video later on. Well, we're in a new series titled Boxed In, kind of talk, introduced the idea of what we're going to be talking about over the last couple weeks. And when I thought about this series, we knew that the winter is this month and this time, season, where, you know, we just kind of get down. We get sad. You know, today we're going to start having longer evenings of darkness. And things are cold. You're stuck inside. And so, you know, there's something called seasonal depression. And it's a thing. And so, as we go into this series, I wanted us to be able to address this and talk about it. How do we get through this season, get through the difficult seasons of life and what that looks like? I'll give you a warning that this series and even this message today may be a little bit heavier than normal, and, but it, we feel like it's something to talk about. And so if you can imagine what this would look like, this is how I picture the series, that you walk into a room and all around you are boxes just stacked as tall as, they, you know, as a ceiling. And you're standing in the middle and you're trying to find a way out and you just feel trapped. You feel like you're alone, that no one else is there, and how to navigate that. And so that's what we're hoping to, um, to do. Well, I thought on this series of how this has kind of looked in my life in real time, and uh, I thought about in the 18 years that my parents were married, they calculated they moved over 40 times. And so some of you have experienced that, whether, you know, military families or whether that might be, you know, ministry families who move a lot, but I ended up getting to be pretty good at packing stuff. Some of you know this, and some of you have been involved whenever I'm packing the church van for something or helping someone move. Like, I am the guy that can pack stuff into a box truck or a van or whatever you're hauling it in. Like, I'm pretty good, but I want to tell you, that's not an invitation to call Daniel and say, hey, we're moving, or I need this moved, and we need your expertise. There is a large fee, um, and it will be beyond what you'll want me to want to pay me. I'm just kidding. Um, if you need help, I'll try to help, but uh, we'll see where that goes. So anyways, I'm thinking about this series, and I've thought about, like, what happens when we move? We pack up all the boxes, we fill them up, we cram them into whatever we're doing to move, we back into the garage or up to the front porch of the house, and everything gets put in the garage. It gets put into the living room, gets put in the dining room, and we walk in, and it's kind of this moment where it's like, now the fun begins. <laughs> Now I have to unpack all of this. But if you're like me, you're the kind of people that you put everything in your garage because it's like makes more sense and then you'll carry stuff where it needs to go. You wake up the next morning and you realize, I want some coffee. And the coffee pot is in the box on the far back side of the garage under everything else. And in order to get to it, you have to climb over boxes. You have to move boxes. You have to like get to this point where you can get to the coffee pot. You find the box, the coffee pot's there, and you get it, you're excited, you're going to get coffee, and you turn around. And you have no pack out. And so now you're ready to just burn down the house and like start fresh because you don't want to deal with the boxes. And so that's kind of where we're going in this series. This moment where we stop and we look and say, what is the boxes? What are the things that are around me that is causing me to feel trapped? And as we get into this season of seasonal depression, 
I want us to be able to talk through that, look at how we can look at Scripture and we can navigate the difficult waters. You know, they actually make something called a sun lamp for, you know, the winter months. People who live in Alaska and other places that, you know, they don't have very much sunlight, they actually have these lamps that you sleep under or you sit in because you need the sun. Tim Thornsberry made a really funny joke, or really serious thing, said, not only a sun lamp or the sun itself, but the sun, as in Jesus Christ. And so um, there's a little bit of Tim Thornsberry in there for you. But what does this look like? How do we navigate as we get into this season of life? And I want to kind of give credit to the sermon today and series that I have a team of people that at the beginning of the year, I said, hey, I know you have given me ideas in the past about, you know, videos or stories. You've said, hey, this would be a good scripture for a message. And like people who have just kind of poured into helping make sure that I'm reaching people to the fullest. And so I have a team of people who go to church here. They're part of a congregation who are part of this team. And we have a Google Doc and I have all my series on. They'll be plugging stuff in. They'll be messaging me, texting me and saying, hey, this is some really good scripture. This is a good story. This is a good video and so on. And so that's kind of what happened with today's message. I kind of had a different starting point, but someone in the group said, hey, I think this would be a good message. And I was like, this is perfect to start with. And so um, I'm not going to mention names because I don't want it, them to be reflected by my poor delivery or anything of that manner. So I just want to say thank you for you all who are helping me in that way to better um, the messages and better what we're doing here at Vanceboro Christian Church. But part of the group... Someone also said this. They said, what happens in life, sometimes we pack up our boxes, and we carry them, and we put them in the attic. So how many of you, in a garage, an attic, a basement, somewhere, you have a box of VHS tapes? Somewhere. Okay, yeah. And just kind of like, uh, I don't want to raise my hand. But you could imagine what else you have. I bet there's some of us that have clothes from, you know, our children. You have clothes from, you know, whatever. It might be one of these things. I might wear it one day. But we can go to our attic, we can go to our storage spaces, we can find these boxes full of stuff. And then we crawl up to get our Christmas tree out, and we realize there's so much stuff in here. I'm going to deal with this one day, but today's not the day. We climb back out the attic, shut the hatch, and we say, that's for another day. And that's kind of what we do with our life. We put all of these things in these boxes, and we stack them up around us, and we say, I'll deal with it another day. And we allow it to go to the back of our mind until something happens, and it all builds up, and we're stuck in all of these boxes feeling trapped. And so we're going to look at a moment where Jesus kind of has, a, has this time where he's kind of stuck, and he's boxed in. And so we're going to look at Matthew chapter 26, verses 36 through 46. 36 says, Then Jesus went to, with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to, to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. And so we have this moment that Jesus is here in the garden, a garden full of olive trees, and it's common that people would go there, and they would be quiet. They would be alone, and they would pray, and they would just spend time, you know, kind of reflecting on life. And Jesus goes, and he's in the garden with the disciples. You'll read, it says the 12 disciples were with him, but there's one person missing, Judas. Because Judas is out talking to the soldiers and selling Jesus out, and they would eventually come and arrest Jesus. And so Jesus begins to be overwhelmed 
by life and the things that are going to happen next. If we think about this idea that Jesus being all-powerful, all-knowing, having all ability to do kind of what he would want, I almost had this thought, what if Jesus could picture the events that were going to actually happen? What if he, he was able to see the fact that Judas and the soldiers were going to be walking to arrest him? What if he could see in real life kind of a visual of what it was going to look like when he was beat and hung on the cross? Like, I don't know about you, but just the thought of those kind of things would be enough to leave you in a point of life to feel pretty down on yourself. And it said that he told the disciples, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Like, everything was exhausted and drained out of Jesus to, to the point where he felt like it was done, it was over. And I've thought about this, and I don't know about you, but I know there's enough people in this room, and I know enough stories to know that there have been a lot of us who have been in a point where we've kind of just feel like everything is done. Life is over. Like, I don't know where else I go. We feel like the boxes have been stacked around us. There's no one to reach out. There's no one that could do anything else to change our life. Several years ago, there was a time um, in ministry and just in life where it was kind of overwhelming. It was a lot going on, and kind of one of those moments where, you know, I felt like I was kind of just done with ministry. I was done with people. I'm tired of the headache. I'm tired of all the, you know, things that happened and the weight that was going on in my life. And I'm not just saying ministry, but just in life in general. And I remember talking to Haley, and we were both just so overwhelmed. It was December. It was a cold day. And I said, like, I don't know how much more of this stuff, this life I can deal with. And so we started talking about what that looks like and how do we navigate that. You know, I was in school, working. There's just all kinds of stuff that kind of piled up and the boxes were stacking around us. And so, you know, I have a, this two-person deer stand, like tree stand, that's at the edge of a field at my grandmother's. And, you know, I said, why don't we just go and sit in the tree stand? Remember, it's December, it's really cold. So we put on our, our coats, we grabbed some blankets, and we said, we just need to go and read a book and sit outside. We went and we got up in the tree stand and we just sat there. We never opened our books. We sat in the quiet. We prayed. We laughed. We talked. And we were able to come back home after a few hours just kind of being refreshed. Being kind of this reminder that, you know, there's so much more in life that we can be happy about. But it was this moment, and I think about this story of Jesus where Jesus goes to the garden knowing that he doesn't get to walk out of the garden and life go back to the way it was. A moment where he knew the rest of eternity of earth, you know, everything else weighed on his decision and his life. And so could you imagine what it would be like to have that on your shoulders? To know that you get to be the one to save the world. But here at 39, it says, going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. There have been a couple of stories that I cannot share um, publicly that have happened this week that have just kind of crushed me. Stories of families and moms and children, of things that has been a moment to me where it would leave people sitting back and saying, where do I go? What else is there in life to even care about? A moment where I'd imagine a lot of people were just laying on the ground crying out to God because it's the last thing they could do. And so Jesus is in this moment, he's so overwhelmed, he's so hurt, he's so, you know, pain, pained by everything going on that he 
falls on the ground on his face and he lays there and he prays. There have been times when I've had to do that. I've gone in my office and I've just shut the door and locked it. I've just laid on the ground surrendering, saying, God, this is, this is you. Like there's nothing else that I can do, but this is all you. And Jesus hits this moment. And so have you ever had a moment in your life where you've been hit with something so hard that you stop and say, what is life? I think about the times when someone gets a phone call saying that cancer has hit a family or a loved one or maybe yourself. The questions of saying, why, what, why me, what else can life be? Or the moment you get a phone call saying someone's committed suicide, and we can go on and on and on about what that looks like. But the moment in life where the boxes have been stacked up and we feel that there's no way out. How do we navigate that? What does that look like? Questioning God, wondering where will we all stop and stand. And the amazing thing in this, Jesus is praying. He's saying, listen, like I know what I want. I hope, God, that there's another way around this, that you have a different plan in mind. But if not, let it be your will. Not my will, but your will. And that's a pretty hard prayer to pray whenever you get the phone calls that some of us have received. Verse 40 says, Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. He says, Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so could you imagine doing ministry, doing life with a group of men, a group of friends and people, and you ask them to just keep watch because you know what's going to happen? You know that the soldiers are going to come and arrest you and take you away? Like you ask your, your group of people, just keep watch while I'm up here praying. And you walk back and they're sleeping? I mean, this was supposed to be the people that are closest to you, and you walk back and they're asleep. Could you imagine how that would have added to the things that Jesus was already experiencing? That one of his guys is out to betray him right now, and now everyone else is falling asleep when he needed them the most? And he tells them, he says, watch and pray. Pray that you will not fall into the temptation. He's saying the Spirit's willing to, to meet you and to meet that need. And so it goes on in verse 42. It says, He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it is not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. So he left them and went away one more time and prayed a third time, saying the same thing. So not only does Jesus show up once to the guys and say, Listen, like, can you just like pray for me? Can you just at least stay up for an hour? thinking that maybe they would stay up, and he comes back again, seeing that they've been asleep. I don't know about you, but I think that would have been pretty disappointing, pretty depressing to know that your core group of people were asleep while your life was on the line. And Jesus goes back and he prays, and he has this realization that, God, maybe this is your will. That maybe I am the one that's supposed to do this because there's so much temptation, there's so much sin that's prevalent in the world that even my guys cannot listen to the things that I command to them. And so the weight of the world is on his shoulders. Have you ever had a moment in your life where you just feel like everything's on your shoulders? The box or boxes are stacked up and you're just trapped among everything else that life has thrown at you and Jesus is meeting this point in his life where he's felt boxed in. And so he leaves them and he goes and he prays again and he says, 
may your will be done, God. Like, he's already decided. He knew what he would like to see happen, but he says, what do you want for my life? What do you have in store for me? Verse 45 says, Then he turned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come, and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. So Jesus is been in this moment where he's been praying and only thing he could do is go to God and say, listen, I'm putting all on the line. Like, I'm trusting you, I'm counting on you because I know everything's going to be different from here on out. And he has this realization that this is God's will on his life and not his will. See, God in all of his humanity, but also in all of his you know, ability to be God, he could have changed the situation. He could have had any scenario to be different. He willingly continues to go through the process, imagining what that would be like. And he's putting it all on the line. He's feeling boxed in. And I just have to wonder, what does Jesus think in those moments? You know, he's thinking that I have to be, I get to be, and I am going to be this guy who's going to lay my life down for the people who were sleeping and I wanted to trust and count on. For the guy who's going to betray me for a little bit of money. For the soldiers who's coming to arrest me and beat me and hang me on a cross. I don't know about you, but I don't know if I could be that guy. I don't know if I could be like Jesus in the moment and saying, listen, the closest people have turned their back on me. They've not been able to give me the things I want. And Jesus says, let me, God, if it's your will to be the person to die for everyone else. Yes, even Judas, even the soldiers. I'd imagine he was pretty tired Many of us in this room listening online, we know the pains of going through trouble sometimes, difficult seasons, and we know how tiring it can be. Imagine he felt abandoned, alone, and betrayed as the boxes continue to pile up around him. You know, it's easy for us to take our VHS tapes, our old clothes, our memory things, and put them in boxes, put them in the attic, and walk away. What's in the boxes of your life that's stacked up around you? Maybe it's a bad relationship. Maybe it's, you know, those phone calls that you've received that are just immediately your heart sinks and you feel it in your gut. Maybe it's the finances. Maybe it's, and we can add so many things. What are in the boxes that you're allowing to stack up around you so that you are kind of closing yourself in to this moment where you feel no escape? See, Jesus found this moment where he continued to feel boxed in. He knew the soldiers were coming. He knew Judas was was selling him out. He knew the disciples were going to continue to fail him. But Jesus still, in all of his agony and all his pain, he said, listen, God, your will, not mine. How often do we pray that prayer? Because when we receive the phone call that someone has cancer or we have some kind of bad outcome in our life, and those words are not the easiest words in a prayer, and saying, God, let it be your will. Whatever that looks like for my life, whatever that means for the rest of everything, like, it be your will. And Jesus says, I'm willing to lay it all down. I don't want to. This isn't who I am. This isn't what I want for my life. But because you, God the Father, I'm willing to do that. This moment where he just falls flat on the ground, surrendering himself to God, saying, listen, there are no other options. 
And if there are, please discover those right now. I'm sure many of you have felt the pain, the agony, the, the moments where you don't know what else to do, don't know where else to turn in life. And as we go throughout this series, we're going to kind of lean in on those a little bit. The series may be a little bit heavier than typical. But it's moments in our life that we sometimes take the box, we store it in the attic, and we just put it away. And then something happens, and we come crushing and crumbling down because we've lost who we are. The worship team is going to come back up. And so, what is in the boxes? What have you allowed to be around you so that you feel stuck, that you feel this pain, this crippling moment, and sometimes, you know, it's just one more box that causes everything to collapse and kind of feel like it's smothering. Because as we go into this season, it's what's supposed to be fun with Thanksgiving and Christmas, it also becomes a season of pain as we remember that a loved one's not going to be at the dinner table with us. A moment where you feel that the people closest to us have betrayed us, not been around. You know, this past year has been a pretty difficult year in the past couple years. The depression rates have gone up. The suicide rates have gone up. Anxiety among all of us have kind of just been very high. So how do we stop and say, I'm tired of the boxes piling up and I need help. I need to do something with it. During this season, during this series, I want to tell you that as a family, we want to walk beside you. It's okay if that walk might be for counseling. I'm telling you that if you can't do it alone, that I'll go with you. I'll help you be there. Someone will go with you to be in that season. Because there's a point in life where we have to stop and we have to open up the boxes and eventually get rid of the VHS tapes. Get rid of the things that are causing pain upon us and causing us to lose who we are. And Jesus, some of the darkest and hardest moments of his life, paused and he said, God, I can't do it. I can't do it on my own. I need you. Your will, not mine. So as we go into this season, I hope that's a prayer that we start praying. I want to remind anyone who's never accepted Christ into their life that this is the same Jesus who said, I'm willing to die for everyone. I think we have an image in our mind that the disciples were the best people and that they were great like at everything and they never let Jesus down. But when you read this story, Jesus is in the garden and they're sleeping. Judas is betraying and the soldiers are coming. And he's saying, I'm willing to do this for everyone. Laying down my life for everyone. And if you've never accepted that Jesus in your life, we want to encourage you to do that and go through that walk. Because maybe you're not in a season of boxes being piled right now, but it's coming. And we want to be prepared when we walk through that. So as we go into this series, let's open some boxes. This week, that's what I want you to do. I want to encourage you to examine the things that are causing the boxes to pile up so that you have no way out. Because if nothing else, Jesus says, I'm willing to be your way out. Let's pray. Father God, 
I don't know the stories that exist in this room to its fullest. I don't know the things that you're going to throw at us tomorrow, today, and the next week that's going to bring us to our knees, leaving us feeling that we're all alone in a place of no help. God, we understand that your son was willing to take on the sin of the world, put all of the weight on his shoulders for the people who were sleeping, for those who were willing to betray him, and those who hung him on the cross. And as the boxes pile up in our lives, God, I pray and ask that you will be with us and put people in our path so that we can start opening the boxes to be able to have a fuller life in you. God, I pray that you'll help put the people in our path that we need to just lean on and lean into. And that maybe in this season, it will be the happiest season that we've ever had if we start cleaning out the attics and the garages that starts tripping over and allowing to just build up in our life to a breaking point. God, I pray and ask that we can continue to be a people who are loving you and leaning on you. I'm going to say thank you so much. Jesus, for dying on a cross so that I can be free. In your son's name I pray. Amen.